it just seems like it all came together and just made sense to me when they were talking about being your best self and doing your best. It's It wasn't about me beating everyone else in the gym or me doing better than this. It was just, what is what is a gold medal for me? What is my gold medal? What is my win? And every day you go in and you chase that and you do your absolute best. And it just made the whole thing so much better. We approved so much. It, it was, it's almost like someone took a winch, like windshield wipe and just like wiped your brain off a little bit and you can just see a little clearer. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stopping hey guys hey what's up how's it going <laughs> ben we are joined today by somebody who many people know katrin welcome thank Thanks you for coming in um we're going to talk today about uh goal setting um how you guys specifically work uh, or think about goal setting how you work together um and maybe work individually to figure out what the right short-term and the long-term goals are um but before we kind of get into that i want to make sure that everybody listening and watching has has plenty of context to sort of like who you two are and how you've worked together in your general history. So maybe Ben, you could give us like the short version of uh, your history together, mm-hmm. uh, how it came to be, what it looks like. Um, and then obviously Catherine, mm-hmm. jump in wherever you think he's got it wrong. No, why don't, why don't, I, I'd like <laughs> to you hear, flip it. Yeah, okay. let's flip it. I, why don't you say how we came to working together? All right. Um, so I started CrossFit in 2011, late 2011. And, I mean, I, I saw Annie win the CrossFit Games, and that's what I wanted to do. I don't think I started with, like, I wanted to win the CrossFit Games, but I wanted to go to the CrossFit Games. So I started very competitive, and I've always been very competitive. Um, and the sport was just still so young that I was good right away. And I think that was a little dangerous. <laughs> Because then you're yeah. good. At, I was good enough to make it to the games. And I didn't have a coach. I didn't follow a specific program. Um, but every year, like, good enough to make to the CrossFit Games. And the whole year could kind of be happy and content with, you know, defining myself as a CrossFit Games athlete. And you had the gear throughout the year. And, um, and then in 2013... One of the coaches at the gyms that I work at, he was always on me about getting a coach. Like, you you need to get a coach. You need to follow a specific program. You can't just be jumping around and doing this and that. And I'd always just kind of like, I had a, I was still a full-time student. I'd be coaching full-time um, and trying to train for the CrossFit Games. And long story short, I end up working with James Hobart. Mm. And... The summer of 2013, I came here, and that's when I met you and Heather for the first time, and I was here for a week. Um, Like, throughout that year, you would, like, send me some programming, Um, and I think it was in, like, 2014 that I came here for the first time, and I honestly can't even remember how that came about. Hmm. Well, James was connected to us. I know, but, like, in in 2014, I think he was on the Mayhem team, but Mm. I still came and trained here. Like, you Mm. had regional training camps or training camps that are trained so much with Rachel. Mm-hmm. Like Rachel is the one that, and she was an individual athlete and on your team. Um, 
And I just loved it. It was like the first time I missed being coached. Like I'd been in gymnastics since I was six. And every day that I came to the gym, like you'd come in and you'd like salute your coach and like highlight me, <laughs> you know, and then you'd be coached all day. And you had someone expecting something from you and telling you what to do. And I just love being told what to do and do that very well. Um, and it was the first time in a CrossFit setting that I'd seen that. It was every day at 9.30, like everyone showed up and they were there to listen to what Ben had to say. And it was like, all right, let's jump on the rowers. And everyone would jump on the rowers and we would warm up together and we would train together and Ben would take us through workouts. And he never really said that much though. So you're constantly, I think it was like the first time that it constantly like made me think about like he wasn't telling me good job or not good job. So it made me like, all right, am I doing a good job? And it made me really, really push. And I just wanted to, I just wanted wanted to impress him. I just wanted to do so good that it made me work so hard. And of course, like when you do that, um, you improve. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I would come here, I'd always get so much better. And Ben doesn't have a lot of athletes and everyone would tell me like, he doesn't take any more athletes. He doesn't take any more athletes. And this one time, this was after I, I'm jumping over a lot of things and back and forth. But long story short, I remember just being like, you know what? I don't have a coach right now. And if he says no, I just still don't have a coach. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked him to be my coach. And we did, like, because I was still in Iceland. So he'd mm-hmm. send me some stuff. I'm going to try it out. And I think it was like January 2015. I was like, all right, let's do this. And that's when you moved here? Or is that just when it sort of, the, it just sort of be started? Yeah, like that he was officially my coach. But gotcha. before that, I just I just kept coming here because I love training here so much. <laughs> one of the, uh, I think one of the impetus for you to move here and make that leap was the fact that you, you, know, you, you had so much early success in the games and then you missed the games that one year. Yeah. You missed the games and all of a sudden now it's this big like, um, forcing like evaluation on your yourself and your career and what you want. And that's when you kind of like figured out like maybe I should um, pick up and move from Iceland to Boston. Mm-hmm. And that's when um, you really asked me to be your coach. And that's when I, you know, we kind of, you came here because you were still in school mm-hmm. for another training session. And then after that semester, that's when you kind of, you came and did it full time here in Boston. Yeah. It was like more, I think before I would, I would do, I would work hard and I would do a lot of things, but it was still like, more like a checklist like I would just do a lot of things and you know maybe compared to the general public I was working very hard but compared to CrossFit Games athletes that are the best in the world I wasn't working hard enough and I wasn't taking each little task seriously enough and it wasn't until I came up short and didn't make it to the CrossFit Games that I was like all right I never want to not make it again if I try and from being here, I think I accidentally fell into this like environment of being a professional athlete. Do you remember I always had my school books with me? Mm-hmm. Not that I was reading a lot out of them, <laughs> but that was the intention. But I still like I would um and I used to live with Ben and Heather then. So I used to ride to the gym with Heather in the morning. Um and when Ben was done coaching his class, he would coach me. And then, you know, I would be done maybe two or three. And he would, wouldn't go home until maybe five o'clock. So I had all this free time where I would norm attack or compacts and roll out and stretch. And I would take care of all the recovery stuff. And, um, and the car rides here, like here and home, like we would always talk about 
anything, like what to focus on, what not to focus on, like how the day went. And it would just get me into this, the right mindset and strengthen my mind a lot. And I think that was the biggest difference from not making the games because I was fit in 2014 mm-hmm. or at least the fittest that I'd ever been at that point, but still didn't make the games mm-hmm. after making it twice. And that year, I think that was our biggest, that was what we improved the most was just our mindset. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was only 19 and I would still throw fits in the gym and um, yeah, Ben calls it immature. <laughs> Probably right. Immature, <laughs> emotional. Yeah. <laughs> we had a lot. Not to l- the hardened professional tiger eyes athlete that we have now. We had a lot to learn. Yes. And I think in 20, like the whole after the 2014 until the 2015 games, I just truly fell in love with the process of getting better. And I wasn't concerned with anyone else. It was just I loved being in the gym and I loved everything so much and working hard. And every day we could high five and like we got better. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a lot of confidence. Okay. Love that. Uh, and I think that dove- dovetails nicely into this conversation about uh, sort of macro and micro goal setting. Because mm-hmm. what I hear, and maybe it's just because I'm thinking about it, is there was a period where your goals for yourself and your sort of, you know, uh, as it related to the CrossFit Games was, um, as long as I get there, I'm happy, mm-hmm. right? And at some point, that evolved into something bigger than that, right? Mm-hmm. And I know you guys don't uh, talk about winning the CrossFit Games mm-hmm. as the goal, right? And I think we can get into that as to, you know, the, the reasons why and, and what you do talk about. But at some point, you wanted to take it seriously enough mm-hmm. that for all intents and purposes, you were going to win the Games, right? So... Um, how, how much of a shift, was that a natural shift for you? Was that something that, uh, that you sort of influenced or when, when she came in and her, her sort of, uh, up to that point, her goals were, if I get to the games, I'm happy. Did you see that and say that those aren't, that's not good enough? Or like, how did that, how did that shift happen? Was it really natural or was it something you talked about? And, and like, how did that work? I'm, I'm big into targeted focusing things as people that listen to this probably, probably know. But what we shifted was how are we going to define success? Mm-hmm. And success cannot be something that's outside of our control. I'm going to make it to the games. Well, there's a whole bunch of things if that could happen that could derail you from that <clears throat> that you ultimately don't have control over. You know, if you... If you roll your ankle on the way out to the floor for the first event and you have to compete the whole weekend with a broken leg, chances you make it through are probably not very high. So let's remove the uncontrollable variables and let's put success inside of our hands. So we redefined it and I had Katrin redefine it for her with after some coaching of how, you know, some things that might be inside of our control. So um, we redefined it and basically it became this thing where I want to be able to look in the mirror knowing I gave everything I had at every moment at any time, knowing I'm, um, I'm working into and leaning into my best self. Um, if we do that and I can do that, then I'm happy and I am successful and I'm achieving everything I want to achieve. That's, that's our metric for uh, a, a Tuesday in January. That's our metric for regionals. That's our metric for the games. And once we redefine that, all of a sudden, all these pass fails and all these like, am I good enough? And all these things of like, if I make the games, I have checked the box and now I have achieved what I want to achieve. When you remove that, 
what happened was she went from this athlete that just was happy and content to make the games to now I didn't make the games, pass, fail, fail, pass, to like, okay, let's remove all of that. Let's just lean into this best self. And literally that next year with no expectations, no goals of winning the games, we won the games and then repeated the next year. We won twice. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of the power of putting these self-limiters on ourselves through goals versus mm-hmm. how much capacity do we have? What does our best self look like? I think that's such a good thing you just said because let's say your goal is to beat someone else. What if you're better than that? What if you just beat them and you're happy with that? But what if there's so much more in you? Like if you constantly strive for being the best you can possibly be, there are no limits. There's no like enough. You never reach that and you're always chasing something. It's hard because in the other way, like you can say like, I'm satisfied. We did it. Like mm-hmm. this way, there it's an infinite game. There is no finish line. There is no like, <laughs> I did it. It's like, there's no... De- um, um, you can't put it in a box. Like it's not, uh, it's not finite. You can't like um, look at it and say like we have, we've arrived because you've never arrived and you never know if you're achieving your best self, which is the purpose, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be chasing something. We don't want to have something. It's about the pursuit. It's about the process as Catherine talked about. It's not about the accolades and the awards at the end. They're nice. They're a validation. It feels really, really good. We hope that they're there. We're not gonna pretend like yeah. We're not here to try to win things. We want to win the CrossFit Games. Of course games. we do. Who? Nobody in this sport doesn't want that to happen. But guess what? So do the other 40 athletes on the floor. So if that, if you're going to say that that's going to separate you from other people, when you have all 40 athletes have the exact same goals, well, then goals then are not defined. They're not definitive and they don't make a difference. So what's the point of having them? Let's do something different that's inside our control. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, let's see what, what the outcomes happen. And We've talked about this before. If you're, if the, if you're, forget about like, imagine like the goal is to be like the sub four hour marathon, right? Versus like, just what's the process of running a sub four marathon? Now, if you just lean into the process as hard as you can and forgot about the goal, your likelihood of achieving that is probably pretty high. But now imagine the, the opposite of that. Just like wish and want and think about getting that four hour, but you never, you kind of forget about the process. I don't know if you're going to end up where you want to be at the end of that. Mm-hmm. I know, but even like, I think I answer sometimes if you ask me what's my goal, I'll be like, I want to win the CrossFit Games. Sure, Before, want to. I yeah. want to. And that can be a goal, but that can only be a guiding point. And it can only be guiding for certain disciplines. And you might not want to do everything that it takes to get there. But at the end of the day, like, do you still want to win the CrossFit? Okay, go do that. Mm-hmm. And I think you can use it as as like a guiding tool for your smaller goals and for the things that you can control and for to push you harder, but it's not something that can ultimately be the whole thing that you're chasing. You need this end vision, right? You gotta Mm -hmm. begin with the end in mind. So if you wanna be the world's best, okay, what does the world's best look like? Okay, now it's defined and break that down into all these different categories that we have. Then as Captain said, what are the micro goals inside of all of those? It can't just be wish and want and hope, well, let's win the CrossFit games. That's kind of like the vision at the end. And now that you've said it, and now that that's a thing, like, okay, let's shelf that over there. We have that as our aspirational, as our big macro goal. Now that we've said that, and now that's what we're chasing, it's almost like, let's forget it. And then now let's just lean so hard into the other stuff. Because what happens is if you keep that at the foresight, at the right in front of you, then everything along the way becomes pass, fail, am I that person? And you got to kind of like remove yourself from that. I know you're not today who you want to be in August. We're not supposed to be that person today. 
But if you're kind of always thinking about like, I gotta win the CrossFit Games, I gotta win the CrossFit Games. The person that win the CrossFit Games can do this and this and this, and I'm not there. Oh my God, woe is me. Instead of like- very overwhelming. So overwhelming, right? Any big major endeavor is, I wanna start a business, I wanna run a marathon, I wanna um, have a family of eight, whatever it is, I don't know. <laughs> so overwhelming. Okay, just like, but if you break it down in little pieces and forget about pass fail along the way, just is this my best effort going towards this? Things have a way of working out better than the alternative. But here's the thing too, like what you just said, like, okay, everyone wants to win the CrossFit Games. Everyone wants to be a lawyer. Everyone wants to do this or that. Then do you really want to? We had this conversation yeah. the other day. It's like, I think it's it's so easy to say that you want something, but do you want to do the things that you need to right. do to get there? And for example, I wanted to be a lawyer since I was a kid. It's just something that in my head I thought was a great idea. I just wanted to, it was a, it's a fancy thing. It's, you know, I wanted to have the lawyer. I wanted to have that degree. It was, my grandpa's a lawyer. And since I was a kid, I just wanted to be exactly like him. And it wasn't until I started law school and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to read all these pages. You know, like I had no interest in doing anything it took to be a lawyer. Yeah. And I was like, this isn't for me. Yeah. And I think the same applies for, do you want to win the CrossFit Games or do you want to be the best in the world or open a business? Do you want to do the little things every day that it takes to do that? And I think Love that's that. the question you have to ask yourself more than what do you want to do? Yeah. A lot of people want a lot of things. I want to be an astronaut. I want a six pack. I want to you know, um, be a lawyer. I want to open a business. Okay. Do you want to do the work? That's a big thing. Like that's if the, work, the question. If the work excites you, if the, if, if going to the gym, if waking up at four 30 every morning to go to the gym, to get the work in and then doing the extra reps when you're tired is exciting for you, then this is probably a worthwhile discussion to have. If it, it's so easy to make the goals when you're like, sitting in your warm, comfy, you know, lazy boy couch with a cup of coffee and you're daydreaming. Everyone's got these dreams and these hopes. You know, the difference between people like Katrin and everyone else that, you know, most other people that don't achieve that super high level is that they don't love, love, love the work that goes into it. And she does, it's, it's what makes her special. Were you, so going back a little bit to, to sort of the, the story you told uh, to begin this conversation, the the difference between the the sort of the old Catherine and the new Catherine. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> how did, with all of that in mind, right, with the idea of learning how to love the process and, mm -hmm. and learning how to um, love the the daily grind of it, mm -hmm. and not getting lost in the in the sort of the the big stuff. What happened that allowed you to go from the 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 original version of you to the version that sits here now is it was it a simple case of maturity right you were 19 um, and you just got I older always loved to grind always and this is something i can't f even figure out <clears throat> like where it came from i just i was always running around i would always make up these like obstacle courses and race around and i took like pe seriously like I, I, we'd always race in swimming and i took the runs like i i had to set every record i had to get a perfect 10 and everything i've just always been that way but what i didn't have was guidance and someone guiding me towards what was the right thing and and where to and how to get there and i was so it was that. So I've loved to grind, but my head wasn't in the right place. So instead of 
kind of like what Ben was saying, I was always a pass fail. I thought I should be good at this. I thought I should be this. And then if I wasn't, then, then I just am a failure or I just am this. And instead of just having failed at that or having failed at those rope climbs, it's like, you know, this is going to mean I'm not a CrossFit Games athlete. And if I'm not a CrossFit Games athlete, I'm just not as good as them and I shouldn't be doing that. And it was just this constant like tug of war in your mind. And it's so hard to always be comparing yourself to someone else because it's so out of your control and you're always beating yourself down for this instead of even just thinking, I got better today. You know, even if it was you made three rope climbs today, you're three rope climbs better. Instead of like, no, you failed at rope climbs today. And that's just a tough place to be in. And you'd get frustrated and that'd be like, okay, I this is a this training day sucked and this whole day is a waste. And this is kind of like <laughs> the mindset that just you go through. And um and I I don't even know why, but I picked up, you know, a book I never used to read after I didn't make the CrossFit games. And it was about Michael Johnson and he seemingly like he was the best in the world leading into the 92 Olympics and gets sick. He had won every single thing up until then. And he didn't podium, which was a big failure for him then. And then he comes back in 96 and takes gold. And I think it was like three events. And I read that right after not having made the CrossFit game. So it was so easy for me to be there and think, I'm not as good as those girls. I don't belong there. I failed at that. But instead, I was like, all right, it's not this destination and it's not this label on you. Okay. Oops. (laughs) I'm like an Italian here. (laughs) It's not this label um, that I am something. I just failed in that certain event. And you move on. It's it, it wasn't a destination. It was just a part of my journey. And Ben actually texted me after that. And I still hadn't learned. And I, I, I was very mad at him for texting me this. But I he, wasn't your coach at the time. And he wasn't my coach at the time. But he texted me. He just said, this could be the best thing that ever happened to me. Not making the games. It was all I wanted to do. I had no plans that summer because all I wanted to do, which or my plans were to train for the CrossFit Games. And I wasn't doing that. And I couldn't believe that he was saying that this could be the best thing that ever happened. I like, I didn't even, it didn't occur to me that it could be, but it was, which is the craziest part. But I read that book and that kind of got my mind and like, okay, in a better place, like this isn't a destination. And I start reading um, The Champion's Mindset. Um, At the same time as I remember, I come back and before we do workouts, Ben would talk to me about like what I should be focusing on and what not and like my circle of control and me reading these books and him saying these things to me, it just started to click. And I still remember one of the chapters in the books, probably like it just seems like it all came together and just made sense to me when they're talking about being your best self and doing your best. It's It wasn't about me beating everyone else in the gym or me doing better than this. It was just... What is what is a gold medal for me? What is my gold medal? What is my win? And every day you go in and you chase that and you do your absolute best. And it just made the whole thing so much better. We improved so much. It, it was, it's almost like someone took a winch, like windshield wipe and just like wiped your brain off a little bit mm. and you could just see a little clearer. Mm. Um, so I think that was like 
that was the biggest change. It was I started reading and focusing on these things and I started working with Ben so much more and he would it would just he would always be reinforcing these things in and, and teaching me these things. And as soon as like me being here, if I went off or if I wasn't in the right mindset, you would always see it and grab it right away. And like, all right, this is not how we act or this is not what we focus on or this. And it's just like, oh, all right. And it's an easy fix and you move on. That's one of the things I try to do in real time. Like very like, like what did I do as a coach mechanistically to like make that switch in the mindset was I took away the opportunity for the past fail mm -hmm. for her. So you, what most athletes do is when they finish a workout or a training set, is they immediately want to know like how's it stack up like how am i there and instead of me asking um you know what was your time my question for the first and she probably i don't know if she's aware that i did this it was for the first 18 months almost two years i never asked how it went uh sorry i never asked what the score was i asked how it feel what what how how to go what was the feel and i was looking for like trigger words things like um like I could have done this, I should have done this. Like um, those things are um, like slivers of self doubt, which if they're, if they're being spoken after the workout, that's what's in the mind during the workout. Mm -hmm. So what you talk about after workout is just a reflection of what you're feeling in the workout. So if you're laying on the floor and immediately you think like, I shouldn't have broken up that middle round of thrusters. Like what you're thinking in going into the next one is all these like self doubt things. Like I don't have the right strategy. I'm not gonna do the right thing and all this. And as Catherine said, like immediately after the workout, I would um, bring try to bring as much clarity as I could to the approach that we want to have in the mind. And it was not about what the body was doing because the body's there. Like it's, she's a games athlete, and I wanted to, you know, build the the person first, and then from there work on all this stuff. And now, you know, we're five years into our relationship. You know, now I'm we're we're dialing in all the yes, like the 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 results and the weights and stuff because I feel really confident with where her mind is but in the beginning part it was two years of don't <laughs> tell me your results like literally like I don't want to like I don't want to know your times I don't want to know the weights like there was times that she would be lifting cleans and I wouldn't even know what weights are on the bar I just want to know her body language I want to know her actual language and I want to try to um, build that from the inside out I think one of the the times that I really remember it was one of the open workouts and we we're doing it it was a lot of us doing it it was a thruster burpee and it's just one that like your whole body is just burning you can always it was probably like a 65 pound thruster you can always yep. do one more you can always do one more burpee and it's so easy to just take your foot off the gas pedal or or go even more and you can really go to that dark place i just remember being sprawled out on the floor and like the only thing you're thinking of course is like oh my gosh my body is burning <laughs> like get me out of this <laughs> And like immediately, Ben is like, you feel really good. And you're like, no, my body's burning. It's like, you feel like you wanted this. Like, you feel really good. And it's also that shift of a mindset. Like, I wanted this. Like, this is what it takes to get better. And it's yeah. all these little things like right away. Like, it's like when it's happening. It's those like right away. You're like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, if you tell yourself when you're laying on the floor after the workout and your lungs are trying to like rip through your ribs and your legs are filled with battery <laughs> acid and your mind is like swirling and you know you're trying to like control and you're you're wondering if you're going to live for the next <laughs> six, six seconds if you can t at that moment if you can tell yourself like yes this is the feeling like yes this is what i work so hard for like yes this is the carrot that i've been chasing i know that if i keep doing this i will get to be exactly where i want to be i pushed 
into that dark place where I need to be able to go. Thank you for doing that. Like, thank you, mind, for not letting my body control or not letting my mind be the limiting factor in my body to be able to do what it needed to do. Like, I love this feeling. Like you make it a positive one instead of being like stressed out about feeling that way ever again. And I get it. It's, it's, it's really, really, really <laughs> uncomfortable. Like you're, no, no, we're not saying it's going to be less comfortable. We want it to be the more uncomfortable, like the better, right? And if you can tell yourself that story, then all of a sudden you don't fear that in the next workout. It becomes the thing you're chasing. And when you get into it, you're like, yes, like nothing changes you until it gets hard. Like period. Like you're not going to become a better public speaker until you get to the point where you're uncomfortable. If you're comfortable speaking in front of two people, it's not going to change you. You get in front of 20 people. Okay, you're comfortable in front of 20. Let's get in front of 200. When you're stretched, that's when you get better. So we need to put ourselves in those situations where you are uncomfortable. If that's the case, like let's create that self-fulfilling prophecy in the next workout. When it gets hard, you can tell yourself, yes, this is that stretch zone I'm supposed to be in. Instead of like fearing it and be like, I don't want to get to that place. You're like... <laughs> Tell yourself the right story. I'm really curious to know sort of very, very, you know, specifically how, how you guys think about um, setting goals and setting out a year of training, right? Because you say that, um, you know, you don't look three or five or, or, or like, you know, as a career, right? You, mm-hmm. don't, you don't plan it out like that, but you do plan it out on a year to year basis. So where, when, and how do you actually start to make a plan for next year? Is it, is it, uh, literally you you come back from the games and and you start building it from there or do you have a sense of where the next year is going to go based on just based on training not based on the results of the games but based on like this is where we were going into the games and this is how we're going to continue it once the games are over it's like the the day of the games like when they finish it's we've pushed it forward like a little bit every single year so it used to be like We'd, um, at breakfast the day after, we'd sit down and be like, all right, this is what we're going to do. And then it was on the way back from the games in 2017. It was still at the venue last year. (laughs) (laughs) So, but then how do you do that? Do you, do you, do you figure out what those are just based on what happened at the games? Like something came up at the games and I'm not happy with it. So let's build a year so to, so that we can make sure that doesn't happen again. Uh, or you you must have like the whole year in your mind when you come up with that. Yeah, right? it's both. Yeah. The games are a bit the games are a week long event where you get to um really dissect where we stand as an athlete. You know, they do a really good job, uh, you know, uh, Dave and the team does a really really good job of um testing the athlete. So we get to see you know, where are our holes? Where are our deficiencies? Where are our strengths? What do we excel at? What could we do better at? So during the games, I'm constantly taking notes throughout the whole thing and kind of, um, you know, it's obviously it's focused on then and there, but I'm also be irresponsible not to be thinking about, you know, what's the things that we can learn from this experience. So um, usually like right afterwards, I share I share my thoughts, I share my notes, and it's just gotten closer and closer to, you know, from a 24 hour. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah. It's from a 24 hour kind of like, okay, to like a two hour. I think it's the same with, like, I have those thoughts throughout the games too. It's like, oh, like, I wish, like, I wish we had been more prepared for this. Like, every day you go, every year you go into the games, you, 
we are as prepared as we could be at that point. And we always are. You never know what the tests are going to be. And then something shows up, you're like, oh, like, dang it. You know, so like, of course it comes to your mind. Like, I wish I were better at that, but there's nothing you can do about it. So you kind of just got to put that back. You do what you can do there. And of course you want to talk about it, but there's another event. You just got to move on and keep doing your best. So it's like, I think it's just all like waiting to come out. It's part of like the post-up energy. It's it's part of like the the debriefing process. You like need it to like put closure to the event. So if you wait until you get back, first, the other thing is like, you want it to be real, raw. You want it to be like their emotion. You want like the realness of it. So if you put space, anyone knows this, if like something happens, like you get in a fight with your spouse or something like that. Well, three weeks later, it doesn't seem like a big deal. (laughs) So you want it when it's a big deal. I want like that. So like, I'll sit there and talk, you know, about like, okay, this event, like let's talk through that event. Like what were your, what'd you feel? What'd you think during that? And I want the immediacy of it because I, I want that rawness. The separation is going to dull it. And, and do I you don't like want take that notes at all? Or yep. is it? Okay. Yeah. 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 So try to figure out the whole thing. Yeah. How specific, uh, how specific can those conversations get in terms of like, uh, I don't just use whatever example that you've got, but like how specific, uh, do you get in those conversations in terms of next year? We need to be able, you need to be able to do it in, you know, this fast. You need to be able to do those many reps or is it sort of just, conceptually like oh they found a hole there and we need to make sure we shore that up like how i guess i guess the question is like at what point do you start to get really detailed about the plan that you're going to put in place so that in a year from now it's better it's uh i I think it's it's definitely i don't think i know it's it's movement and kind of like uh event or skill set specific okay right so if we need to get better at swimming we might say hey we need to get better at swimming and do more swimming and get better at that right. if it's something like a back squat we might say like hey we need to be able to back squat xyz before next year's games so it's anywhere in the spectrum between the two of those things and it might be just like we need to bring more focus to it to like hey let's work with this um you know training progression has there ever been a point or can you guys imagine a point where you have differing views on what those things are that you need to work on? Or is it, are we in such a place where like, it's pretty obvious, you know, and, and there isn't much mm-hmm. conversation about, oh, should it be this or should we be focusing yeah. on that? Do you want to talk about like the little debrief process that we use where you rank and I rank? There were movements, there were events, and it's more like how... So I would go in and we would do this without, like, I don't want to see what he has to say because I don't want to be, like, colored by mm. what he thinks and, and, like, vice versa. And we'd go and, like, where do I rank myself? Like, how do I think I am at these moments? And that was great to see, like, mm-hmm. we weren't always, um, we didn't always agree with each other. Mm. And it's all, and then it's like, whoa, like, why do you rank me so low here or, like, so <laughs> high here? And I didn't think I was, and then it's like, you might have different views and ideas of, like, oh, okay, maybe I am, like, better in this setting or this setting, but we still need to work on it in, in this this sense. Um, and I feel like we, well, I I would trust you with my life. It's like, I just know, like, your vision and I just trust that. And like I said, I just love I will always speak up if I don't think it's something or I think we should be doing more of this or more of this, but I feel like I can get a little more emotional and more, I get a little more impatient and a little, so it's, even if I think those things, I just say it out loud and we can talk it through and like, maybe I have something to that or maybe not. And it's like, but at least we always talk it through and and go through the whole thing, but. It's really important for me to know um, where Katrin or any of my athletes feel like they are in the journey. So if they feel like, if Katrin feels like 
she's you know um, ranks herself in a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best. If she ranks herself as a eight in swimming, and I think that she's a four, like, okay, like yeah. that that's a gap. And there's like, a, we need to figure out um, that's maybe why dot, dot, dot. There might be something behind that that we can dig into more. That's, um, you know, I'm not gonna say that that's why we skipped workouts because we don't do that, but maybe like we need to bring more focus to it. And that's why we should be doing this you know, more times a week. And that's why it, it, I can I can talk to and create more buy-in if I understand more of their perspective and vice versa. Like maybe I think that she's, you know, um, a nine or a 10 in something and she believes that she's a three or four in it. And we can talk through that conversation and um, figure it's it's a really eye-opening, um, really kind of pull, like open the box up and really dig in. It's a, a great conversation to have at the end. It's a great way to do it. We only did that this year, right? That's it's the first good. time we've done yeah. that. We've like done that. it loosely, but we've never done that like blind ranking, blind ranking, mm-hmm. let's compare. Yeah. Do, you, do either of you or both of you have recommendations for folks who would love to be able to do that, but maybe don't have um, a trusted counterpart to that? In other words, somebody who they would actually take very seriously if they thought, you know, I was an eight, but I think I'm a three. Any any advice you would have for folks who doesn't don't have that, but would still like to go through that process? Is it something that can be done solo in some regard i mean you or does it lose so its much power time with me it's it's ben definitely knows. something that, so it's it's a, it, you can you can and should do it solo because you need to assess your own abilities if, in anything right if you're um an entrepreneur figure out where your strengths and weaknesses are that's all we're doing is give ourselves a a, a, a scorecard of our strengths and weaknesses um but in terms of like uh finding out how you view yourself versus somebody else i think that's what catherine was going to say is that um I don't have any suggestions because you need somebody that you really trust, that you spend so much time with, that knows you so well, that if I say, no, you're a four and you grade yourself an eight, you almost kind of like go like, huh, yeah, I think you're right. I am a four. (laughs) Not like you dig your heels in, like you push for the the eight. You know, and vice versa. Like I might be like, oh yeah, actually maybe you are like, maybe I'm I'm putting too much weight in that workout and it was something else in that workout that was a limiting factor, not our capacity or our abilities. Does it ever go the other way? Just out of curiosity. Obviously, a lot of this is Catherine's performance, but do you? But oh no, do you ever think, you rank me? Right, oh. but, or do you? Maybe yeah. not yeah. rank. But do you guys great, have yeah. conversations about? I don't know what the right how to how to put it, but how, how I can improve. Yeah, as a coach. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I or, feel like we we can be pretty honest with that. Yeah. If there's. Yeah, I feel like if there's and we're pretty quick at. If there's anything that we don't like or anything that we think we can improve on, where they were, you need to be able to take, you know, criticism or feedback, yeah, or yeah. whatever you like, however you decide to take it and just get better. And I think it, like this relationship is so important to me that I'd rather just say it out loud and want to fix it than be frustrated with something or not happy with how something is going. Um, so I think that's something that we've had those conversations. Yeah, where she's called me out on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I won't ask why. I was, I was like, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for, thanks for pointing that out. Okay, triple friend. <laughs> um, how often do you, or how do you, how do you make adjustments throughout the year, um, without losing sight of the the bigger picture and the the overall progress that you guys are making? Like, or, or do you not at all? Like, if if, and I don't know if this happens, but if you have a bad week, mm-hmm. right? Like. Is there a point where you step back and say, okay, how does this bad week, you know, what do we have to do now that this bad week, you know, has has presented itself? Or is it, 
we had a bad week. We the 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 big the big idea, the big thing we're pushing towards doesn't change. I think you always just have the now. And I think it that's why having like a set end picture is so dangerous because then you feel like, oh, you're missing the progression. You can't do this. You're not going to do that. And that's like the pass fail that Ben was yeah. talking about where you can, it's so hard to be in that. But if every day you show up and you want to get better and, you know, you have that end goal in mind and where you want to be and a vision where you want to go. And as long as you're stepping towards that, you know, as long as you're getting better, you might not right get there or get all the way. You might not get you know, the not the exact number of back squat that you wanted to, but at least if you're inching your way closer and you get as high up there as you possibly can. And let's say you have a bad week. It's like, yeah, you can sit there and beat yourself up for it, but all you have is today. And take today and make today great. Let's turn it around today. And then tomorrow, it's again going to be today. <laughs> <laughs> so again, you, if you can always make the now great, whatever is coming up or whatever happened, just make now great. There's two days a year that you can't do anything, tomorrow and yesterday. <laughs> um, the other side of that is as a coach, what I'm, what I'm always trying, the science is in the programming and the art is in the adjustment. So I'm constantly trying to figure out like, um, how should we be adjusting what we're trying to accomplish? And it might go to like adjusting a, um, a progression to, okay, maybe this is a bigger area of need and focus for us on a bigger scale, um, but even down to like a really smaller scale of, um, and Katrin knows I do this, but like if she's kind of in a, um, a bad mood or something like that, I'll move the conditioning to first because it puts her in a good mood. It's true. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. It's like, all right, right to the conditioning. Yeah. It's, it's, and she comes out of it and she's like smiles and happy. It's like, if I need, so like you adjust little things along the way. So um, I really think that that's one of the biggest um, responsibilities of a coach is to make the uh, the micro adjustments that the athlete now might not be able to see on their own because they're so dedicated and disciplined to the process. Mm -hmm. I can step back from a 2,000 foot view and see like, okay, if we move these things around a little bit, this might make a little more sense. I think that's a good place to end it. Cool. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you, Catherine. Thanks, Catherine. For more episodes of Chasing Excellence, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube.